Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Dinsmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Thursday, May 19th. We have just completed the observance and celebration of Passover on the seven days of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. But did you know that Passover is not really over until we get to the next biblical feast, which is Shavuot? There is the counting of the Omer, a 50-day count that takes you up to Shavuot or Pentecost. The Omer is counted each evening after sundown. This year, Shavuot begins at sunset on Saturday, June 4th, and ends at sunset on Monday, June 6th. We are to stand when counting the Omer, and we begin by reciting the following blessing. Baruch Ata Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Asher Kitshanu Mitzvotav Zivanu Al-Safirat HaOmer Blessed are you, Adonai our God, King of the Universe, who has sanctified us with your commandments, commanded us to count the Omer, after the blessing, we recite the appropriate day of the count. For example, Hayom Yom Echad Laomer. Today is the 33rd day of the counting of the Omer. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Bahar, and it means on the mount. Leviticus 25, 38-44 I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt to give you the land of Canaan and to be your God. If one of your fellow Israelites falls into poverty and is forced to sell himself to you, do not treat him as a slave. Treat him instead as a hired worker or as a temporary resident who lives with you and he will serve you only until the year of Jubilee. At that time, he and his children will no longer be obligated to you, and they will return to their clans and go back to the land originally allotted to their ancestors. The people of Israel are my servants whom I brought out of the land of Egypt, so they must never be sold as slaves. Show your fear of God by not treating them harshly. However, you may purchase male and female slaves from among the nations around you. 1 Samuel 24.1-25.44 After Saul returned from fighting the Philistines, he was told that David had gone into the wilderness of En Gedi. So Saul chose 3,000 elite troops from all Israel 
and went to search for David and his men near the rocks of the wild goats. At the place where the road passes some sheepfolds, Saul went into a cave to relieve himself. But, as it happened, David and his men were hiding farther back in that very cave. Now's your opportunity, David's men whispered to him. Today the Lord is telling you, I will certainly put your enemy into your power to do with as you wish. So David crept forward and cut off a piece of the hem of Saul's robe. But then David's conscience began bothering him because he had cut Saul's robe. The Lord knows I shouldn't have done that to my lord the king, he said to his men. The Lord forbid that I should do this to my lord the king and attack the Lord's anointed one. For the Lord himself has chosen him. So David restrained his men and did not let them kill Saul. After Saul had left the cave and gone on his way, David came out and shouted after him, My lord the king! And when Saul looked around, David bowed low before him. Then he shouted to Saul, Why do you listen to the people who say, I am trying to harm you? This very day you can see with your own eyes, it isn't true. For the Lord placed you at my mercy back there in the cave. Some of my men told me to kill you, but I spared you. For I said, I will never harm the king. He is the Lord's anointed one. Look, my father, at what I have in my hand. It is a piece of the hem of your robe. I cut it off, but I didn't kill you. This proves that I am not trying to harm you, and that I have not sinned against you, even though you have been hunting for me to kill me. May the Lord judge between us. Perhaps the Lord will punish you for what you are trying to do to me, but I will never harm you. As that old proverb says, from evil people come evil deeds, so you can be sure that I will never harm you. Who is the king of Israel trying to catch, anyway? Should he spend his time chasing one who is as worthless as a dead dog or a single flea? May the Lord therefore judge which of us is right and punish the guilty one. He is my advocate, and he will rescue me from your power. When David had finished speaking, Saul called back, Is that really you, my son David? And then he began to cry. And he said to David, You are a better man than I am, for you have repaid me good for evil. Yes, you have been amazingly kind to me today, for when the Lord put me in a place where you could have killed me, you didn't do it. Who else would let his enemy get away when he had him in his power? May the Lord reward you well for the kindness you have shown me today. And now I realize that you are surely going to be king, and that the kingdom of Israel will flourish under your rule. Now swear to me by the Lord that when that happens, you will not kill my family and destroy my line of descendants. So David promised this to Saul with an oath. Then Saul went home, but David and his men went back to their stronghold. Now Samuel died, and all Israel gathered for his funeral. They buried him at his house in Ramah. Then David moved down to the wilderness of Maon. There was a wealthy man from Maon who owned property near the town of Carmel. He had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats and it was sheep-shearing time. This man's name was Nabal, and his wife, Abigail, was a sensible and beautiful woman. 
But Nabal, a descendant of Caleb, was cruel and mean in all his dealings. When David heard that Nabal was shearing his sheep, he sent ten of his young men to Carmel with this message for Nabal. Peace and prosperity to you, your family, and everything you own. I am told that it is sheep-shearing time. While your shepherds stayed among us near Carmel, we never harmed them, and nothing was ever stolen from them. Ask your own men, and they will tell you this is true. So, would you be so kind to us, since we have come at a time of celebration? Please share any provisions you might have on hand with us and with your friend David. David's young men gave this message to Nabal in David's name, and they waited for a reply. Who is this fellow David? Nabal sneered to the young men. Who does this son of Jesse think he is? There are lots of servants these days who run away from their masters. Should I take my bread and my water and my meat that I have slaughtered for my shearers and give it to a band of outlaws who come from who knows where? So David's young men returned and told him what Nabal had said. Get your swords, was David's reply as he strapped on his own. Then four hundred men started off with David and two hundred remained behind to guard their equipment. Meanwhile, one of Nabal's servants went to Abigail and told her, David sent messengers from the wilderness to greet our master, but he screamed insults at them. These men have been very good to us, and we never suffered any harm from them. Nothing was stolen from us the whole time they were with us. In fact, day and night, they were like a wall of protection to us and the sheep. You need to know this and figure out what to do, for there is going to be trouble for our master and his whole family. He's so ill-tempered that no one can even talk to him. Abigail wasted no time. She quickly gathered two hundred loaves of bread, two wineskins full of wine, five sheep that had been slaughtered, and nearly a bushel of roasted grain, one hundred clusters of raisins, and two hundred fig cakes. She packed them on donkeys, and she said to her servants, Go on ahead. I will follow you shortly. But she didn't tell her husband Nabal what she was doing. As she was riding her donkey into a mountain ravine, she saw David and his men coming toward her. David had just been saying, A lot of good it did to help this fellow. We protected his flocks in the wilderness, and nothing he owned was lost or stolen. But he has repaid me evil for good. May God strike me and kill me if even one man of his household is still alive tomorrow morning. When Abigail saw David, she quickly got off her donkey and bowed low before him. She fell at his feet and said, I accept all the blame in this matter, my lord. Please listen to what I have to say. I know Nabal is a wicked and ill-tempered man. Please don't pay any attention to him. He is a fool, just as his name suggests. But I never even saw the young man you sent. Now, my Lord, as surely as the Lord lives, and you yourself live, since the Lord has kept you from murdering and taking vengeance into your own hands, let all your enemies and those who try to harm you be as cursed as Nabal is. And here is a present that I, your servant, have brought to you and your young men. Please forgive me if I have offended you in any way. The Lord will surely reward you with a lasting dynasty, 
for you are fighting the Lord's battles, and you have not done wrong throughout your entire life. Even when you are chased by those who seek to kill you, your life is safe in the care of the Lord your God, secure in his treasure pocket. But the lives of your enemies will disappear like stones shot from a sling. When the Lord has done all he promised and has made you leader of Israel, don't let this be a blemish on your record. Then your conscience won't have to bear the staggering burden of needless bloodshed and vengeance. And when the Lord has done these great things for you, please remember me, your servant. David replied to Abigail, Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who has sent you to meet me today. Thank God for your good sense. Bless you for keeping me from murder and from carrying out vengeance with my own hands. For I swear by the Lord, the God of Israel, who has kept me from hurting you, that if you had not hurried out to meet me, not one of Nabal's men would still be alive tomorrow morning. Then David accepted her present and told her, Return home in peace. I have heard what you said. We will not kill your husband. When Abigail arrived home, she found that Nabal was throwing a big party and was celebrating like a king. He was very drunk, so she didn't tell him anything about her meeting with David until dawn the next day. In the morning when Nabal was sober, his wife told him what had happened. As a result, he had a stroke, and he lay paralyzed on his bed like a stone. About ten days later the Lord struck him, and he died. When David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, Praise the Lord who has avenged the insult I received from Nabal, and has kept me from doing it myself. Nabal has received the punishment for his sin. And then David sent messengers to Abigail to ask her to become his wife. When messengers arrived at Carmel, they told Abigail, David has sent us to take you back to marry him. She bowed low to the ground and responded, I, your servant, would be happy to marry David. I would even be willing to become a slave, washing the feet of his servants. Quickly getting ready, she took along five of her servant girls as attendants, mounted her donkey, and went with David's messengers. And so she became his wife. David also married Ahinoam from Jezreel, making both of them his wives. Saul, meanwhile, had given his daughter Michelle, David's wife, to a man from Galim named Palti, son of Laish. John 10, 22-42 It was now winter, and Yeshua was in Jerusalem at the time of Hanukkah, the festival of dedication. He was in the temple, walking through the section known as Solomon's Colonnade. The people surrounded him and asked, How long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Yeshua replied, I have already told you, and you don't believe me. The proof is the work I do in my Father's name. But you don't believe me because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me, for my Father has given them to me, and he is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. Once again the people picked up stones to kill him. 
Yeshua said, At my Father's direction I have done many good works. For which one are you going to stone me? They replied, We're stoning you not for any good work, but for blasphemy. You, a mere man, claim to be God. Yeshua replied, It is written in your own scriptures that God said to certain leaders of the people, I say, you are gods, and you know that the scriptures cannot be altered. So if those people who received God's message were called gods, why do you call it blasphemy when I say, I am the Son of God? After all, the Father set me apart and sent me into the world. Don't believe me unless I carry out my Father's work. But if I do his work, believe in the evidence of the miraculous works I have done, even if you don't believe me. Then you will know and understand that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. Once again they tried to arrest him, but he got away and left them. He went beyond the Jordan River near the place where John was first baptizing and stayed there a while, and many followed him. John didn't perform miraculous signs, they remarked to one another, but everything he said about this man has come true. And many who were there believed in Yeshua. Psalm 116, 1-19 I love the Lord because He hears my voice and my prayer for mercy. Because He bends down to listen, I will pray as long as I have breath. Death wrapped its ropes around me. The terrors of the grave overtook me. I saw only trouble and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Please, Lord, save me. How kind the Lord is. How good he is. So merciful, this God of ours. The Lord protects those of childlike faith. I was facing death, and he saved me. My, let my soul be at rest again, for the Lord has been good to me. He has saved me from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. And so I walk in the Lord's presence as I live here on earth. I believed in you, so I said, I am deeply troubled, Lord. In my anxiety I cried out to you, These people are all liars. What can I offer the Lord for all he has done for me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and praise the Lord's name for saving me. I will keep my promises to the Lord in the presence of all his people. The Lord cares deeply when his loved ones die. O Lord, I am your servant. Yes, I am your servant, born into your household. You have freed me from my chains. I will offer you a sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people, in the house of the Lord, in the heart of Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. Proverbs fifteen twenty and 21 Sensible children bring joy to their father. Foolish children despise their mother. Foolishness brings joy to those with no sense. A sensible person stays on the right path. I'd like to speak to you today from our reading from 1 Samuel chapter 25. And in this chapter, we read of a situation where Abigail, who is married to Nabal, has to quickly, quickly respond, or it could mean 
death and destruction upon her family. She's married to a man named Nabal. And the name Nabal in Hebrew means fool. He's mean-spirited. He's cruel. And he drinks a lot. Dave and his men are on his land, and they've looked after the sheep and protected them and made sure that there were no thieves or robbers who would come in and and steal. And so now they ask for Nabal to extend some courtesy and hospitality. And he sent uh, a message to him saying, Peace and prosperity to you, your family, and everything you own. I'm told that it's sheep sharing time. While your shepherds stayed among us near Carmel, we never harmed them and nothing was ever stolen from them. And he asks, would you be so kind to us since we have come at a time of celebration? Please share any provisions you might have on hand with us and with your friend, David. And Nabal, being the fool that he is, comes back with a terrible reply. Who does the son of Jesse think he is? There are lots of servants these days who run away from their masters. Should I take my bread and my water and my meat that I've slaughtered for my shears and give it to a band of outlaws who come from who knows where? So David is enraged, and he has armed up and brought a band of his men, and he's ready to slaughter them all. I am so impressed with Abigail and how she dealt with this situation. She wasted no time at all and responds quickly. In fact, the name Abigail in Hebrew means, My father is joy. So she acts as an ambassador and as a peacemaker, and she brings all kinds of gifts, raisins, fig cakes, roasted grain, five sheep that had been slaughtered, and she packed them all up on donkeys and rushed out to go meet David. And she bows low before him, and she says to him, Please listen to what I have to say. I know Nabal is wicked and ill-tempered. Please don't pay any attention to him. He is a fool, just as his name suggests. And she goes on to explain to him, Don't take vengeance into your own hands. The Lord is certainly with you. Here are presents that I bring to you and to your men. Forgive me if I have offended you in any way. You are fighting the Lord's battles, and you have not done wrong throughout your entire life. And even when you're chased by those who seek to kill you, your life is safe in the care of the Lord. When the Lord has done all he promised and has made you leader of Israel, don't let this be a blemish on your record. Then your conscience won't have to bear the staggering burden of needless bloodshed and vengeance. And when the Lord has done these great things for you, please remember me, your servant. So she put out the anger, the raging flames of anger, with a soft and a gentle answer. She apologized on behalf of her husband, Nabal. 
She said she accepted all the blame. She recognized David's great value and worth, and she honored him and respected him in her words and in her actions. And because of her wisdom and quickly responding, she was able to avert disaster upon her whole family and household. What a wise woman she was. Perhaps you and I, we may find ourselves in a situation similar. Perhaps we are uh, working for a boss who made a bad decision or married to a spouse who did a foolish thing, and then we have to clean up the mess. Or perhaps an adult son or daughter who've made poor life choices, and now we have to clean up the mess. And yet in the end, the Lord sets everything right. And because David refrains from slaughtering him and his men, Abigail returns home. She waits until Nabal is sober and tells him the next morning what she did. And then he has a stroke. And a few days later, his life is taken. And so the Lord dealt with him. David didn't have to take matters into his own hands. The Lord took care of the situation, and there was a tremendous great reward for Abigail because she had been such a diplomat and peacemaker. David was very impressed with her, and he asked her to marry him so she's not left a widow to fend for herself, but now she's the wife of King David. So often when we trust in the Lord and allow Him to handle the circumstance, allow Him to deal with the situation, He will handle it much, much better than we ever could if we took the matters into our own hands. But the key element is learning to wait upon the Lord and to trust Him to handle the situation. It's very tempting to put our hands on the driver's wheel and take control. But it's always best to keep our hands off, wait upon the Lord, trust Him, and allow the Lord to handle the situation. So may we have a spirit like Abigail. She was a peacemaker extraordinaire, an ambassador to represent the King of Kings, a person who, through her words and her actions, averted disaster for her family. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Shalom. Adonai, 
The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.